Essa... This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We all know and don't know to be told that we're living in very troubled times, increasingly troubled times. And increasingly people are nervous, concerned, anxious, and so on about the times that we live in. The reality is that our world has experienced what our guest today calls a noticeable shift. Not that we're shifty people, but a noticeable shift. In fact, that shift is so pronounced that it's not just a moral and spiritual shift. It's not just a geopolitical shift. It's not just an economic shift. It's actually an actual shift because our world, we're told, is actually shifting on its axis. You heard that correctly. It is. Perhaps imperceptibly to most, but it is shifting on its axis. And our scientists are telling us that the net effect of that over time could be the reversing of the poles. Now, you may think that that's so far off and so irrelevant that we don't need to talk about it, and you may be right. But what isn't far off is the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate shifting of history. History shifted monumentally 2,000 years ago when Yeshua, Jesus Christ, was born somewhere around 4 B.C., and it shifted again about 33 years later when Jesus Christ was crucified and resurrected and the Holy Spirit was poured out to manifest that Christ himself had left the planet and had sent his spirit to guide us into all truth. Now we are 2,000 years later, and we're facing what the Bible told us was going to come, a massive, massive shift in humanity, its belief systems, its orientation, and its utter and total rejection of God and his authority. So, the hour, as our guest says, is rapidly getting late, and we're seeing biblical prophecy play out before our eyes. You know that because you've been listening to this program for a very long time, many of you. Many of you have been listening. But our guest also says this is meant to be the church's greatest hour and our time to shine. Well, I agree with that, too. But what does it mean? What does it look like? That's where the problem is. You know, we always say the devil's in the details, but the truth is also in the details. And we as human beings are almost always prone either to take the darkest view of things or to take the brightest view and ignore reality. So what is the reality? Well, the reality is like Charles Dickens said back there in his writing of the tale of two cities. I'm so glad that my teacher back there in high school forced us to read that book. I've never forgotten it. About the French Revolution. And Charles Dickens opens his book by saying it was the best of times and the worst of times. And that's exactly, my friends, how it's going to be in our time. So there's an urgency in our hearts, or should be, for those who have eyes to see and ears to her. To, to hear. And that is going to cause many 
dare we say, remnant believers to endure difficult situations such as being ostracized, estranged from family and friends, accused, shamed, publicly maligned, and forced to engage in a real battle of good versus evil. And that's where we are. That's where we are today. And here's the question I have for you as we launch into the deep today. Have you come out yet? (laughs) That's right. Have you come out yet? You say, what? Have you come out? What are you telling everybody to come out and declare themselves uh, uh, transgender or practicing homosexuals or whatever? No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a biblical coming out. And it ain't a party. But it is what God calls us to do. So today on Viewpoint, our special guest joining us from Tennessee via California, Todd Coconato, with his book, Come Out From Among Them. He says we were made for such a time as this, and I agree with him. Todd, it's good to have you on the program. Oh, Dr. Chris Meyer, such a blessing and honor to be with you, sir, and I appreciate you and the ministry that you've had for many, many years. Well, it has been many years. Uh, you know, I go back to 1992. Uh, you grew up in California, Southern California, did you not? I did. Yeah. Your mom was in ministry there. Your dad was in ministry there. And uh, during that time, I was practicing law as a trial attorney in Pasadena, California. And the Lord spoke to my heart right there in my law office, looking out across Lake Avenue toward the large Lake Avenue Congregational Church. And he said, son, you've been pleading the cause of men long enough. I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation, America's greatest crisis hour. So I said, yes, sir. We formed Save America Ministries. And as the net result of it, we ended up in Richmond, Virginia, the birthplace of the nation, where we launched this program 28 and a half years ago. And uh, so that's the short of the story. But in reality, there are many things that interconnected in the process, but it's all about understanding what it means to come out from among them. Right? And if there's ever a group of people that has to understand what it means to come out of from among them, it's those in Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I tell people in the South, I say the thing about California, one thing I can tell you is if you're a Christian, you're either a Christian, you're either in or you're out. You you know who the Christians are there. It's a little bit different in the South. It's kind of a cultural thing. Everybody says, oh, I'm a Christian, but, you know, not everybody is living a lifestyle according to Scripture. But in, in Southern California, if you say you're a Christian, usually you are. You probably uh, are. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You might have to stand alone, have a purpose firm, and make it known, dare to make it known. So yeah, sure. uh, you said it absolutely right, because the Bible Belt of America actually, in my opinion, is one of the most difficult places to take this program. We've tried it over and over and over again. And the only place we've been successful is Richmond, Virginia, where we live. Wow. What's happened is there is this spiritual smugness throughout the South, everywhere. And it's this idea is, I believe in God, I go to church, therefore, I'm in like Flint, and that's it. I can live like I want. In fact, the divorce rate in the Bible Belt of America for the past 25 years, Todd, has exceeded the nation as a whole by 50%. Can you believe that? I do believe it. Yep. Oh. It's, a, it's, a, it's a religious spirit is what it is. It's oh. religion versus relationship. 
you've nailed it right to the wall. Uh, if you can nail Jell-O to the wall, you just did. <laughs> well, Todd, it's so good to have you on the program. Uh, you and I connect uh, through actually a, a labyrinthine uh, set of connections going back to a woman there that was in Jack Hayford's church in uh, right. uh, Southern California, uh, Sue Sabus, and uh, she yes. somehow, I'm not sure how she came to know about this, uh, me and this program. I think it was through one of my books. And she okay. was so moved by it that she bought cases of it to hand out right. in that large church. And from there, a relationship built connected me with your mom and now you, it's amazing how God works, isn't it? It really is. It never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into some more amazing stuff now as we talk about coming out. What does it mean to be part of the rebel? Stay tuned, friends. This is Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station, or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint, friends. I'm Chuck Chris Myers. Conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And our special guest today, Todd Coconato, uh, there in Nashville. He's pastoring there. He's written a book. He has a, a podcast there. Uh, so, you know, he's familiar with all these things that we're doing here today. He's very excited. He's very dedicated. Uh, he's passionate. And uh, that's one of the things that I like about both him and his mom. Uh, by the way... Uh, your mom uh, was so passionate in leading people across this country in prayer during a series of, of elections. Uh, I don't know of anybody that was more passionate than your mom, Todd. I honestly don't either, and she's still doing it, and uh, definitely get that from her because I have that passion as well. And we just feel a real urgency, Dr. Chris Mar. We love our country. Yeah, uh, We believe in the, in the freedom that we've uh, had as citizens here for so many years and we're concerned we're concerned about the direction it's going and we believe it's time for the church to speak up and stand up okay well your uh your program radio show is called the remnant uh which is a very interesting term uh, let me tell you why uh years ago right here in richmond virginia after about uh, 10 years of ministering behind the scenes with pastors and parachurch leaders and so on. It was gathered together with about a dozen pastors and, and uh, parachurch leaders, and a visitor came in to speak into our city. And during the, this time, just sitting around in a circle, I mentioned to the, to the uh, visitor, I said, you know, it seems like what you're really talking about is a remnant. Right. That, my use of that word caused an explosion. Literally, an explosion. Uh, one of the uh, esteemed leaders in the city just rose up in just outrage that I had the temerity to use the word remnant. He said, I reject that word. We're here. God's going to receive everybody, and it's just going to be, we're going to have this great revival. It's going to be. He actually went to war 
against the very thing that God says was what he's calling his people to do in these end times. What do you think about that? Doesn't surprise me. I've heard a lot of the same. Uh, People also push back when we talk about repentance of sin. Um, They don't like us talking about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary. So uh, that doesn't surprise me, Dr. Chris Martin. Well, the word repentance is the most uh, hope-filled word of the Bible. Without it, we can't be saved. We can't have a hope of eternal life. Why would people respond to that? I think there's been a false... I'm being facetious, by the way, because I've had the same experience. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, you wrote that book, Seduction of the Saints, by the way. I think it was an amazing book. Indeed I did. And uh, it was really ahead of its time, to be quite honest. Uh, I think a lot of what you talked about in that book are, are continuing to happen today, and we're seeing it more and more. And there has been a seduction of a large portion of the body of Christ that feels, I call it the wide gate strategy, mm-hmm. where basically, you know, you don't have to do anything. It's, they, they get away from Second Chronicles 7.14. Uh, they don't talk about repentance. It's just basically you're going to have your best life, and you're going to be blessed, and that's it. And they don't talk about... Uh, what we need to do to get to that place. And unfortunately, I think that's how we've ended up where we are as a nation right now. Well, in 1996, Todd, I sat with uh, one of the leaders uh, in the prayer movement across America, a renowned person, not going to mention the name. And uh, I said, I took the person aside in private. I said, why is it, do you think, that after all of these years of our National Days of Prayer and all of this pouring out of prayer, we haven't seen any revival. And I said, isn't it interesting that we've quoted Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face? I said, why is it we've never tur- talked about turning from our wicked ways? Why has that never been a theme? Would you like to know exactly what the response was? I would. Three words. It's too negative. Oh, my goodness. I'm not kidding you. That's exactly what was said. If I told you who it was, you'd bowl over in pain. I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't because I've seen the same thing, my friend. And unfortunately, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. Well, it Uh, is. it's, It's like the definition of insanity. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result, and that's pretty much why we're dealing with kids that are now uh, being targeted in our schools with the curriculums and uh, parents losing rights over kids and from our government. And, I mean, we can just go on and on about and all churches And churches going along with all of the uh, worldly schemes yeah. and wokeness uh, in order That's to right. try to uh, reach the masses. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and we, we, you know, I pastored in California for 17 years, and we literally heard pastors tell us we don't preach that part of the Bible. We'll, we'll leave that part out. And I would look at them and say, what do you mean? You know, and they'd say, well, we don't, you know, if we did that, half the congregation would leave. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, then let them leave. Let them leave. I mean, we have to set them up for success. Well, that, we're really not doing our, yeah. That's, that's exactly uh, the spirit of what happened uh, with one interview that I had. And I, I received an article from the Los Angeles Times uh, a few years ago, right. and they were interviewing a, a, a recognized evangelical pastor. And uh, they were talking to him about hell. And they asked him, do you believe in hell? And he said, yes. And so they asked him, well, do you preach about it? He said, no, because hell isn't sexy anymore. That's exactly what he said. (laughs) Can you understand this? (laughs) 
the lengths that we will go to to pander to the world in the name of Christ. It's almost like blasphemy, isn't it? It truly is. You know, I had an encounter back at this morning. I got stabbed nine times. I don't know if you know my story. No. Uh, one of them, yeah, one of them was You should have been on TV. I, well, they've done some stories on it. Uh, I was a child actor, but this is my Damascus Road encounter with the Lord. And so I went in the presence of the Lord, and he said, do you want to live or do you want to die? I said, I want to live. Mm. He says, well, if you live, if you live, you got to be sold out for me, and you got to tell people that I'm real. And it was like my Isaiah chapter 6 moment, when you're in the presence and glory of the Lord, what do you say? Send me, you know. So yeah. uh, to me, it's been, uh, that, it's very real. This is the reality of our world. Uh, I have to stand before the throne one day, and as a pastor, as a shepherd, I have to answer for my mm-hmm. actions. And so I have to serve him and not worry about what man says. And, and you know this because you take a very difficult stand. It has a high cost, but it also has a high reward. Exactly. And, you know, uh, even back in the days of the Revolutionary War, the uh, uh, ungodly Thomas Paine made the statement, that which is obtained too cheaply is esteemed too lightly. Yeah. So he was talking about freedom, but we're talking about the presence of the Lord. We're talking about salvation and so on. Okay, before we go further, because I know you and I are just going to fill up all the time available to us here because we're so passionate about this subject. So here's what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to let the people know about your book. We're going to put it on our website and then we're going to get back to it. Come out from among them. That's the title of the book, friends. Why you were made for such a time as this. Come out from among them. Well, who is them? That's what we need to talk about. Who is that that is them, and what does it mean to come out? Well, that's what this book is about, and it's going to be so encouraging and strengthening to you. It's a $20 book, yours, for $18 on our website. Saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Okay. What does the word remnant mean, Todd? To me, it means those who truly hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, the, the group of people that say, I'm sold out, I'm all in, I want to be the Church of Philadelphia, not the Church of Laodicea. Um, <laughs> okay. To me, it, it, it's the group that really have a heart for the Lord and want to serve Him. You know, I think of King David, even though he was uh, a flawed man, he was a man after God's heart. He was a good repenter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for people that are after His heart, that right. obey His commands, that, that hear His voice. He yeah. says, my sheep hear my voice. And those that do what he says in Scripture, to go and make disciples of the nation. And so he's given us a commission. It's the Great Commission. He's also given us a mandate. And he's told us, effectively, how to pull down the stronghold. So all the tools that we need are in the Scripture, and the remnant are those that are willing to do what the Lord has asked us to do and to really hunger and thirst for his Spirit. Isn't it interesting that uh, Jesus made plain in Matthew chapter 7, he says, Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord is going to inherit the kingdom. In other words, not everyone who professes to be a Christian is going to inherit the kingdom. Only those who do the will of my Father. Now, you don't hear anybody preach about that. 
because they think that that goes against salvation by grace through faith. But the reality is it doesn't. It proves your salvation through faith. Because you can't say you have faith without works. You've got to do the will of God in order to reveal that you really have the faith of Christ, don't you? Absolutely. We're known by our fruit, and faith without works is dead. So what you just said is exactly correct according to Scripture. All right. So when we uh, are talking about this remnant, is the remnant a... Uh, a mass of people just coming in, flooding into the kingdom, as some people are saying, this uh, this massive harvest that's going to bring in two-thirds, three-quarters of the world. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> well, then it wouldn't be a remnant, would it? It um, would not. That would be just the opposite, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's right. We'd have to think of a different name. Well, that's um, what no, our pastors I... and parachurch leaders seem to value. They seem to value the mass numbers and not the remnant. Right. Well, you know, the church has adopted a lot of the worldly marketing strategies. And so a lot of people have learned that if I say this and this, I'll get this. Mm. And uh, if I, you know, so it's it's kind of curtailed what they talk about, how they speak. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the messages, if somebody goes to a church on, on Sunday here in America, very unfortunately, are very positive, encouraging uh, motivational speeches. Mm-hmm. And while I'm not against, I'm not against motivational speeches, but the thing is that if that's all the church somebody's getting for the week, they're not getting into the scripture, then how can they be effective? Because the scripture says that, you know, you know, the, the Lord faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word, the word of God. So we have to preach from the word of God. We got to teach from the word of God. And that's how people are set up for success. And so unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are going to churches that are not set up for success, don't know how to war effectively spiritually. They don't understand spiritual warfare. They don't really even know what's in the Scripture. And so they're, they're coming to get to feel good, and that's their church for the week. And they don't get into the, the studying themselves. And so it, it's a big disconnect, Dr. Chris Meyer, and this is the problem. And so now we find ourselves in a very dire situation as a nation in the world. Mm. And I believe the Lord is, is looking at the church. The spotlight is on the church. And the question is, what are we going to do in this critical juncture in our history? What, are we going to return to our first love? Are we going to get back to teaching and preaching the entirety of the Word of God and standing mm-hmm. for righteousness? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to continue to do what we've been doing the last 30-plus years? Yeah, playing the game that began with the church growth movement in the 1970s there in Pasadena, California, and then that metastasized in the late 1980s into the seeker-sensitive movement and increasingly diluted the message of the gospel, diluted the truth of the Word of God, got rid of the word obey. It's now become the most hated word in the church as admitted to by many, many pastors on this program, Todd. And so the very thing that Jesus said was going to be pleasing to God, we say, we don't like. That's right. That's right. People are looking for their ears to be tickled. And something that's happened recently I'm seeing a lot more of is online, especially with social media, is there's people that are claiming to be prophets, and they're saying also a very positive message and a mm-hmm. very tickly-ear message. And so now it's not just tickly-ear preachers, it's tickly-ear prophets. And this is what people... <laughs> People want to hear. Well, you and might so want to read the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, and find out what God says about that type of prophet. <laughs> it ain't pretty. Well, it ain't pretty. Very true. Very yeah. true. Um, the okay. problem is they don't know the scripture. Yeah. So this matter of a remnant is very important to understand. Because the reality is, by the time something is labeled a remnant, uh, wherever it is, at a store or something, it's deemed to be of very little value. And so the world looks at the remnant church 
that is that remnant portion of the alleged church as of little value, of little consequence. And so what they do, they elevate the worldly part of the professing church and make it look like they're the ones, they're really the godly people, when in fact it's just the opposite. Yeah, that's right. That's how we're now seeing, I just saw a very prominent preacher, uh, son of a very prominent preacher, he's, he's having two people that are calling themselves pastors and ministers speaking at one of his conferences that are married to a man, a man that's married to a man. Uh, you know, the Bible says man shall not lie with man. It's very, mm. very specific about this. This is one of many areas of sin. Oh, but yeah. The fact is the church is now allowing, uh, there's, there's compromise. There's leaven yeah. in the camp. There's, well, the whole, the, Bible says, the whole church yeah, of England has capsized in that regard. The Vatican right. has largely done so. Come out from among them, my friends. You are made for such a time as this. Let's, let's get this book. Be encouraged. $18 on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Always a delight, my friends, to come before you here on Viewpoint to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective, preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. That's what we do. We're discipling for destiny here. Yes, even today. That's what we're doing. This is not an information-oriented program, although it's loaded with information, as people will attest to. The information is for application, and without the particular biblical application, we do not get transformation, and so the bridge from information to transformation is broken, and then we can't understand why we're so frustrated and unfulfilled as Christians. That's the reason. So, we're talking here with our special guest, Todd Coconato, uh, out of Nashville today. And uh, his book, Come Out From Among Them, is a very important book. The spirit of the book, uh, the message of the book is so helpful. And we're trying to apply it here today, without going through the whole book, to talk about some things that set the stage. And we know that God is calling out a remnant. We find in uh, Revelation chapter 18, uh, God says, come out from among Babylon. Don't be part of that spirit, the spirit of Babylon. Uh, He also could say, come out of Egypt, because over 400 times from Genesis to Revelation, the words out of Egypt can be read, formed, and also he calls us to uh, not be part of the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. So all of these things represent Uh, that which is contrary to the word, the will, and the way of God. 
So if we understand it that way, then when we hear a message that says, come out from among them, it's not talking about a physical coming out. It's talking about a spiritual coming out. That's very difficult, though. If you've learned to swim and become accustomed to sewage water that Christians are swimming in every day. It's called the world. How are you going to come out of that? It's even hard to even think about swimming in fresh water when you become used to that sludge. But that's what it is. But God says, no, I I, I want you to come out and be pure. I want you to come out and be holy. I'm not coming back for a bride with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. So come on, guys, he says, come out from among them. So what does that mean, Todd? Well, you know, the scripture says, be holy, for I am holy. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, a wait, a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought it said, be happy. <laughs> be happy, for well, I am happy. No? No, I mean, there's there's a true joy that comes from the Lord and from the Holy Spirit. Right. But, uh, you know, that's in order to get that, you have to come out from among them. You've got to be consecrated mm-hmm. and be set apart. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean be a separatist and live in a hole somewhere, but it means uh, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Okay, does, it mean does that mean walking into a church every Sunday or Saturday or wherever you go? Is that what it means to well, come I mean, out that, from among them? That could that that's a part. I mean, I think it's fine. It, you know, do not forsake the assembly together, the brethren, be part of a good church. That's good. But the, really what starts is when you walk out the door of a church and what you're going to do mm. is being effective in the people that are in your life, those that God has trusted you with, whether it's friends, family, people that look to you, you can be a light. You can be the salt and light. Like that's what we're supposed to do mm. as believers and, and to show the love of Christ and to teach people, disciple people in the ways of the Lord, in the ways of Scripture. So God's purpose and Christ's purpose was not so much that we make confessions, confessions of faith. It was that we walk out the faith in a living truth. Isn't that what Jesus' brother said when he said, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works, because faith without doing what it says, you're just playing a game. And, and we need to have discernment as Christians today. Mm. We've got to ask, we've got to inquire of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people are relying on somebody else to hear the voice of God for us. If we get into the Scripture, we start to know yeah. the Lord. We know how He thinks, we know who He is, and we know how to listen to His voice. So and they're listening to the so Holy like, Father, the Holy Bishop, the Holy Episcopal Priest, whatever it is, the Holy Pastor, but they're not listening to the Holy Ghost. That's right. They want somebody else to hear for them. And that's why I always emphasize where Scripture says, my sheep hear my voice. Mm-hmm. We've got to know the voice of God. We don't want to get the, to heaven one day and have him say, depart from me, work of iniquity. I never knew you. You know, on judgment day, I mean. Ooh. You know, uh, we, we want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And, and we have to have a relationship with him. This is a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yeah, but Todd, people say that all the time. They say, I'm not religious. I have a relationship. I know Jesus. Right. So I asked somebody recently, do you know Jesus? Well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. That's what they said, but yeah. they had no, no knowledge about him. I believe in yeah, Jesus. Well, G- the devil believes in Jesus. That's right. That's right. It's in fact, he's terrified of, of him. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. The demons believe in Jesus. Or the devil believes in Jesus. No, we, 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 we need to know him and make him known, to know him, to have that personal. You know, I, I talk about an active prayer life, having an active prayer life where you're in the, 
in the prayer closet, on your face, on your knees, inquiring mm. of the Holy Spirit, um, asking the Lord not just what He can do for us, but what we can do for Him. Mm. And uh, that's so important, and it, and it becomes such a... If you do that every day, He'll open divine appointments, He'll send people your way, He'll open doors, but we have to ask the Lord, we have to inquire of the Holy Spirit, what can I do to be about your business today, Lord? And, and to die to our right. flesh and to die to our vain imaginations, too. There's a lot of people with vain imaginations. You know, Jesus, want to get the heart and mind of God. Jesus said, if you won't take up your cross daily and follow me, you can't even be my disciple. Isn't that part of what it means to be a remnant? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. But and, and do it, you it, know, look, about, you, you know, about 15 years ago, Michael Carr, the musician, came out with a book called A Dangerous Cross. And uh, he came on this program and he said, during the interview, he said, Chuck, I need to tell you and your listeners something. He said, I took this manuscript to many Christian publishers. Now, bear in mind, this was almost a generation ago. I took it to many Christian publishers, and they said, we can't do this. The cross doesn't sell anymore. Oh, Oh my goodness. That's exactly what he said. Yep, yep. I, I, I call it I call it red meat Christianity. They're looking for something exotic. They're they're looking for something, you know. And and it's like, what is the scripture not exotic enough? Is that not amazing? And I mean, if you really understand what the scripture is saying, and you take heart and you take heed of what God is giving us in scripture, you, it is so it is beyond exciting. You don't have to have some exotic form of quote quote Christianity. But unfortunately, there's a big business that is now kind of, um, it's like a Leviathan spirit. It's really, it's, it's like, you know, just, um, you know, all throughout the body of Christ now, where, where the, the business has come in. It's, it, you know, I think Jesus wants to flip the tables of that. Well, uh, it is, and Nashville is, is, yeah. a heart, is a heart center of it. You got it. That's right. <laughs> Sorry to tell the truth so directly, but... <laughs> hey, that's what your show is, man. That's what your show is. We, we got to speak the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you know what? We don't speak it in anger. We don't speak it in anger. We're using this as a means to try to get people's attention because we've been we've been seduced. We've been sucked in for so long. It reminds me of uh, what a dear friend of mine said when I was looking to go on radio and I was shifting from the practice of law and we went out to breakfast and I'd known this guy for many, many years. And as he listened to me, he here's what he said. He was a Christian. He said, Chuck, don't say it that way. Just say it some other way. Make it nice. Keep it sweet. In other words, pander to the ways of the world. That's what he was really saying. (laughs) And I've never forgotten it, and it grieved me so much, uh, because that's exactly why the Lord was calling me to leave the practice of law, to plead his cause in the land, to call out a remnant that would be faithful to him. And, you know, before this program, I went on... uh, the famous Google, you know, to uh, find out what the right. truth really was about a remnant. And uh, a number of different viewpoints came out, but they all basically said the same thing. And that is a remnant is the result after a catastrophe. Wow. So the church is going to undergo some sort of a catastrophe. Already is, by the way. Whether we realize it or not, already is. And then when you add persecution on top of it all, There's going to be a culling out of a people that are pure, holy, and seeking hard after God. That's the remnant, isn't it? That's right. 
That's right. Uh, you know, this is exactly what's happening right now. I believe the Lord is separating the wheat from the tares, to your point. Uh, I think that we're going to see more of this as the time goes forward. You know, the Lord showed me a vision, Dr. Chris Marney, said, uh, how many of these people that are in ministry, quote-unquote ministry right now, if the money stopped, how many would stay? How many would how many would stay if they weren't living the lifestyle that they're living, if they weren't getting the money that they're living? You know, there's a lot of people that would leave, and that's just the sad truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but God is looking for the people that it's not about the money, it's not about fame, it's not about notoriety, and it's not about your name on, on, on some flyer. It's, it's for those who really seek to, to make an impact for the kingdom and to stand for righteousness. And yeah. this is the, you know, we have the sword of the Spirit, we have effective tools to pull down the stronghold. That's what needs to be done in this society. And if, the, and, and if the remnant, just the remnant stands and, and prays and seeks the Lord and calls upon the Lord's name, I believe that we will see uh, an impact. And now we don't know yeah. if, if this country is going to be saved or not. Right now it could be past the point of no return. Could but be. We as a church, are gonna, we're going to be here until the Lord comes. The church is not going to go anywhere until the Lord comes. Yeah. The question so is who the church is. There's a right. small letter right. church, and then there's the big letter church. And the yeah. one that God is looking at is the remnant church. That's right. That's what the book is about. Come out from among them, my friends. It's not about a confession of faith. It's way more than that. Words are cheap. What God is calling us to do is live the life. To be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. And isn't it interesting right there in the Beatitudes, Jesus' focus was not on being a human doing. It was on being a human doing being he wants us to be the people of the gospel he wants us to be the people of the kingdom not just claim to be doing this or that in order to earn the right you can't earn the right you got to be a beer you got to be part of the remnant. Come out from among them. So here's the question again. It's lurking right on the tip of my tongue. We started with this question, have you come out yet? Have you come out from among them yet? The book, Come Out From Among Them? You were made for such a time as this, my friend. $18 will put this $20 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at $5 for postage and handling. Do it today. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
There were many people that followed Jesus in the time of his ministry. They tracked him around the Sea of Galilee. They followed him. They put up their fingers to see which way the wind was blowing, where they could see the next miracle. It was like the charismatic movement had exploded around the Sea of Galilee. People were flooding around, following him. There were even 5,000 men, plus women and children, that he fed at one time, and then 4,000 at another time. He had a mega church, my friends. He had a mega church, and my goodness, did it ever look successful. And then one day, Jesus said, he turned to them and he said, look, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have any part of what I'm doing. You don't understand it. They all looked at each other and they said, wait a minute, this isn't that charismatic stuff that I've been looking. This isn't all that fancy healing stuff that I thought about. This, he's calling for something else and we don't get it. And we're out of here. You know how many people were left? Twelve. You know how many people were left after the twelve? Eleven. They all left him. So Jesus was a total failure, right? But that was a remnant. We have such dramatic pictures of a remnant in the Bible. Todd, how is it we just don't seem to get it? Well, I think it's a lot of people are looking for what they want to hear instead of what it's actually in the Scripture. And uh, if they would get into the Scripture and actually see what the Lord is saying, it would empower them to, to be... The, the people that we're talking about, this remnant group of people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we will see miracle signs and wonders. I see them in the ministry. I see people getting healed and set free. And, and by the way, I don't come against that. That's when my statement was not to come against that. It was to substitute those things That's for right. the walk of truth and faith and obedience. Well, you know, and the Apostle Paul even addressed the Corinthian church and said that they made the gifts and, and miracle. They, they, they started making that an idol. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that. We can't do that as the body of Christ. Those things are awesome, but that is just fruit of us being obedient and yeah. walking out our calling. It's not something that we should make. There's a lot of people that say, Pastor Todd, give me a word. I need a word. And I say, go to the Scripture. Go to the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot, a lot of people the want a word from word God out. is worth a million Words from Todd Coconata or a million words from Chuck Chris Meyer. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. And, and that's the key. Uh, there's, there's a lot of new age that's infiltrated the church. There's mm. a lot of uh, false uh, teachings that are out there right now. And unfortunately, because of lack of discernment and biblical illiteracy, a lot of people are falling for this. Yeah. And so uh, it may not be the popular message, as you said, Dr. Chris Meyer, to just speak the entire of the Word of God and speak truth. But that is what's going to set you up for success in the long term. Does the Bible tell you... us? Does the Bible tell us, Todd, that there's going to be a massive harvest of of six to eight billion people? <laughs> I have not seen that. No, no. I have not. Seen it's that. not in the Bible. Um, it's just the opposite. Yeah. Jesus said, "Straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and precious few there be that find it." So we're actually right. lying to ourselves and to one another in order to try to market the gospel emotionally to people and to raise money. And it, to me, it's an abomination what is happening in that regard. Uh, but unfortunately, it's a reality. Uh, and money has become the master, and the master has become the mascot, uh, unfortunately. Mm. So uh, let's talk about, uh, in the next few minutes, okay, what does it really mean 
for one who professes to be a follower of Christ to really come out from the ways of the world. Let's get particular. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you I, think? I think, you know, just to, just a comment real quick on what you just said to the, the one good thing that I will say is that the scripture says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And I do Absolutely. believe that we will see. I believe we're seeing that on those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. I agree. We've talked about in, in today's broadcast. And that's the good news. Um, and, you know, what does it mean to be set apart? It, it means to really seek the Lord's face and have that personal relationship. It means to get into the Word. It means to have that active prayer life. It means to know your identity in Christ and to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What's the anointing? Well, the anointing comes when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you mm-hmm. say yes to the call on your life. And, it, you know, the, the Scripture says the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. That's right. And this is what we're dealing with is bondage. We're dealing with strongholds. The battle is not against flesh and blood. Many people think that it is, but we are what we're dealing with, what we're watching play out in our nation right now mm-hmm. is a spiritual battle at the highest of levels. Absolutely. And, the Apostle yeah. Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 8. He, t- he talks about the war of the flesh against the spirit. And he says the carnal nature is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So, he's, you know, this battle that we're dealing with is the battle between our ears, so to speak. It's not out there in the hinterlands, uh, in the wild blue yonder somewhere. It's between our ears. Otherwise, we would not have any decisions to make, would we? No, we would not. Uh, we've got to know how to put on the spiritual armor that he talks about in Ephesians 6. Uh, we've got to be, you know, some things only through prayer and fasting. We've got to know how to fast and, and why we fast. Um, you know, we have to, we have to be a, a people that praise and worship because praising mm-hmm. and worshiping God is a, is a way to confront spiritual challenges. How about uh, dancing? How about dancing with the world, though? <laughs> no, isn't no. that isn't it, that what we're prone to do? We call it freedom in Christ. Yeah, no, um, you, you have to be set apart. What place does light have with darkness? That's what it says. What place does light have with darkness? All right, and, so where are you uh, going for your entertainment? What kind of entertainment are you ingesting? What kind of places are you going? What kind of folk are you fellowshipping with as as your primary, uh, you know, it's not. we're not talking about people that you're trying to reach for Christ. We're talking about people that you are fellowshipping with that are affecting your life. Remember, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And what kind of folk are you associating with in your congregation? It may be the heart of the world right there. It could be. Uh, You know, I don't have any problem when you're ministering to somebody, you know, because obviously we're meant to do that. But I think, to to your point, Dr. Christmas, I mean, we, we need to be equally yoked in our relationships. That's not just marriage. That's that's friendships, right. that's business partnerships, uh, that's people in the church. Because Thank we know you very much, that... Todd Coconato. <laughs> Preach it, it's my brother. In, in, I'm just saying, you know, I just tell people, I'm just the messenger, you know, I'm just talking about what the Scripture says. There you uh, go, there and, you go. And nobody's yeah. paying you to do it. Right. It's just you that's and correct. me having a Christian brotherhood and friendship here having uh, similar callings, and, uh, you know, we're trying to amplify what God has put on your heart here, which is the same, basically, as what he's put on mine. We may present it just a little bit differently in different ways, but that's okay. So here's the next question for you, and you actually asked this question in a chapter called The Great Shaking. What will happen to the church in the next few years and beyond? 
What's your answer? I think there's, I think there's going to be a lot of transformation. I think that we've already seen this during the COVID era, and uh, people are looking for shepherds that, you know, the remnant people, those that truly uh, are, are tracking with what we're saying today, you're mm-hmm. looking for a bold preacher. You're looking for a, a person that I call a lion or a general that mm-hmm. is willing to stand. And I believe that a lot of this seeker-friendlyism that you mentioned earlier this stuff is going to start dying down because people are realizing that the message. Now, there'll still be, there'll always be the wide gate people that want that and just right, clear. Right, right. But, but for, for the remnant people, we need to come out of that group and we need to seek people that are teaching and equipping the saints of God and doing the work of the kingdom according to scripture. And that's, that's what we're called to do. We're called, we, we shouldn't be staying in one of those places where, where they're just giving milk, milk, milk and, you know, motivation, motivation. We need to find other brothers and sisters. That's what I think God's doing, Dr. Chris. I think mm. he's connecting his remnant people. I just, I find it so interesting it's that true. you and I end up talking today on this broadcast, you know, and, and we've, we've known of each other and our families and whatnot, but look at how God is now bringing full circle. Yep. And that's what he's done with so many other people. And those are the people that I'm partnering with and that I'm standing mm. with. And I really believe we need to think about this because it's a this beautiful is what thing. we need to be doing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. And, you know, uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, Todd, I'm thinking about uh, the Bible's definition or pictures of uh, what a remnant really looks like. The first one comes to my mind uh, when Abraham was called, uh, actually when Noah uh, was delivered. Uh, God destroyed the earth in a flood because of the wickedness and There were only eight people that God spared. That was a remnant, a very small remnant. There might have been several billion people at that time. We don't know. Then we know that Abraham was called out of Ur the Chaldees. He was supposed to leave his father's house and the idolatry of that, and he had to come out from among them. Then God had to separate him again from his nephew Lot, who pitched his tent towards Sodom. And then... It was realized that Sodom itself had become so wicked that God destroyed it and pulled out a very small remnant consisting of Lot, his wife, and two daughters, and even his wife copped out of the remnant. And then we move forward and we see so many other illustrations of the remnant. We see the ten northern tribes of Israel apostatizing. And God says, okay, I've had it with you. He brings message after message after message for generations to them. And he said, you're out of here. He brings in the Assyrians to take them captive, to spread them throughout the face of the earth. And a tiny, tiny remnant is left called Judah. And then with Judah, same thing all over again. Deja vu all over again. And then we also know about back there, the book of Numbers with a fellow by the name of Joshua and Caleb. And God said, look, I want you to go into the promised land. I'm going to send you guys in there. And uh, Moses sent 12 spies, the leaders of the church, the church of the wilderness. He sent them into the promised land to find out what it was all about. And they came back and they said, it's just like God said. It's just like you said, Moses. But see, that's where the problem is. The, the, the larger group of the professing church always says, but we've got big butts in the church. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> especially in the South. Okay. <laughs> so, so they, these guys, these 12 go into the promised land. They bring forth the greats of Eskel, and they said, man, it's just like God said, but. But what? Right. Well, but, but the giants in the land. And they threw a fit. 
they they created a a uh, insurrection against Moses right there, and God said, "Oh my goodness, these these people are out of here." He said, "Only Joshua and Caleb are going to inherit my land. Only Joshua and Caleb." And why was that, Todd? What did God say about them? Well, that's because they had the faith to see what God was going to do, and that they trusted His promise exactly, you know? and and they. They, they weren't afraid of the ice on the land. It and said they had another we, spirit. Yeah. And that's what the spirit of the remnant is. That other yeah. spirit. Yeah. And how many of them were there? How many? There were 600,000 men, plus women and children, that God, through Moses, brought out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, but they didn't get into heaven. They didn't get into the promised land. How many did? far as I know, two. Only two. Only two, and that was Joshua and Caleb, and the people who were under 20 who were of not accountable age when they came out. That's right. What does that say to us today about a remnant? History tends to repeat itself. There's nothing new under the sun, and we need to be Joshua and Caleb. You mean Yogi Bear was right when he said deja vu all over again? (laughs) That's right, here we are. <laughs> we can have a little bit of humor here talking about something deadly serious, can't we? That's right. I, I like the big butts theme. I think you're right about that, 100%. <laughs> you, mean that'll, you mean that'll market well for your ministry? <laughs> Depends on how you hey, present it, brother. Pre- I appreciate laughing once in a while. You know, I think we have to. You know, we're in a, we're in a real big battle. Uh, yes, and, we uh, are. Yes, we are. And it is a big battle. But you know what? The, the truth of the matter is, as you say at the top of your book, you were made for such a time as this. For such a time as this, my friend, you were called to do the master's will, whatever it is. And the first thing is to come out from among them and be separate. Be ye holy, for I am holy, said the Lord. Not be ye happy, but be ye holy. And if we pursue holiness, we might just find ourselves more happy. Thanks for joining us, Todd Coconata, our special friend and brother here on the program. $18 will put his wonderful book in your hands. Comfort, come out from among them on the website, saveus.org. Go to the website. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, and become a partner. Join with us, friends. This is our moment. This is your moment to make a difference. Do it today. Don't delay. God bless be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.